It's the Kapow Radio Show once again. Yes, it is. And this is Miss Kapow, and it's December 11th, 2017. Outstanding. Today's topic is going to be Trump, Israel, and the Apostle Paul, the truth. Trump, Israel, and the Apostle Paul. What do they have in common? Hmm. That's what we're going to find out. So, let me start with this, Ms. Kapow. Okay. And then we're going to get into the truth of the scripture as written by the Apostle Paul. But let me, let me talk about what's going on right now. Okay. On Wednesday, December 6th, Donald Trump announced that he would recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And of course, that was like uh, going into a hornet's nest, shaking it up uh, in the Middle East, and now there's riots and fires and oh, it's terrible bombings and deaths, and it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what you are expecting the Palestinians or the Arabs or Muslims to do uh, or react to a decision like that. And I don't know how it benefits America. But that was a unilateral decision made by a man who is loved by evangelicals. The biblical term for evangelical or evangelism was when Jesus Christ told his disciples to go out and preach the good news, which is was the gospel of God. Mm-hmm. And that good news was that, hey, you don't need Jewish law anymore. You don't need the temple anymore. You don't need sacrifices in a priestly system anymore. You don't need the Mosaic law anymore. Because I came to earth in flesh and was born to a virgin And I died, I shed my divine blood for all of mankind who would believe. Whether they were Muslim or Jews or barbarians, it didn't matter. As long as you believed that good news, that message that God was the final sacrifice for your sins and you could obtain eternal life and approached the creator God, father God, through Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. then that was the good news. And that was evangelism. But today, when someone calls themselves evangelical, they're not that. That's not what it's about. Mm -mm. So when you hear, oh, I'm an evangelical, or I go to an evangelical church, they're liars, Because it's not biblical evangelism at all. It's complete doctrine of demons. Mm -hmm. They're demonic. They worship Satan. And someday, somehow, some way, they will pay for their treason and their harlotry towards God the Father. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, 
Trump announces a billionaire playboy who says that he doesn't need to repent of sins because he's not sure he has any. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows everybody knows who, who Donald Trump is. Everybody knows that. The choice between him as president and that other kooky lady, there was no choice. But everybody knows who he is. But not these pretend doctrine of demon followers. Mm -hmm. You see, because Trump's their Messiah. That's right. So he announces to Israel, to the Kabbalist Jews, who his son-in-law, Kushner, Jared, is a Kabbalist Jew. He's surrounded by him. They're casino owners, real estate developers, follow the money. They're ex-Sanhedrin. That's where it comes from. They killed Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They worked together with the Roman government to kill and persecute true biblical Christians in the first and second centuries. Mm -hmm. These are the same people. This is the bloodline you're looking at. But ignorance is ignorance because... People quickly recognized that that decision made by Trump was not so much related to national security concerns at all as to domestic U.S. politics. And it promises that Trump, those promises he made as a candidate to his evangelical supporters, they welcome that announcement. But see, they're being duped too. They're being duped by the Kabbalist Jews. Mm -hmm. They're idiots. There's not one Kabbalist Jew that actually thinks Jesus Christ is going to return when their third temple is built and destroy all of the nation of Israel and all the Jews and they're going to go through the great tribulation. There's not one who believes that. Mm -hmm. So they play the Zionist card for their own benefit. They manipulate stupid men and women, stupid people, stupid humans who have been stupid since the garden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's look at what happened. I just want to go over the little history here of what's going on here in America and why you have to understand that why these, what I, evangelicals, these are, they're all the TV preachers, the money preachers, these, these mega pastors and, and the people, the stupid sheep that follow these idiots. Mm-hmm. That's, who, that's who believes this is a good thing. So how did conservative American Christians become so stupid? Huh? About about the Middle East and about the Middle East policy and whether the U.S. embassy is in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem. What happened here? You know why? Because these evangelical supporters, not biblical evangelists, because that died in the first and second century. That died when the martyrs were killed. That died when Martin Luther nailed 95 theses on the Wittenberg door. That was evangelism. We don't have that today. We have a circus called Christian religion. So for many of Trump's evangelical supporters, the key step, this this thing about, about calling Jerusalem the capital of Israel, is a key step in the progression of events leading to the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But 
but it's not it's not Yeshua Hamashiach. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. This is a made-up character. This is a doctrine of demons that they've been following for years. The nation of Israel and the role of the city of Jerusalem are central in the end times theology. It's what is known as premillennialism, premillennialism, and it's embraced by many, I mean many, many most American conservative Protestants and evangelicals because they're biblically ignorant. And the theology is often thought of a literal reading of the Bible. Folks, it's not. You cannot find it. In the Bible, if you'll study to show yourself approved, this is nonsense. It's a doctrine of demons. And it's actually reasonably new. It's a new interpretation that dates to the 19th century. And you know who started it? John Nelson Darby, who also had Jesuit ties, we've learned. Yeah. It it comes from the pits of Satan. John Nelson Darby... According to Darby, and he wrote the Darby Bible, which then influenced the Schofield Bible, and and now it became part of the Western thought. Like, it's true because people are ignorant of the scriptures. They will not. They're too damn lazy. They're too damn lazy to study for themselves and make up their own minds and see what the scriptures actually say as the Holy Spirit reveals it to them. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit because they've rejected God. And according to Darby, for this end times event to happen, the Jewish people must have control of Jerusalem. That's essential. You have to have that happen in order for them to build a third Jewish temple on the site, the exact site where the first and second temples were destroyed, first by the Babylonians in 586 BC and then by the Romans in 70 AD. See, that's ignorant in itself because God destroyed him and God divorced Israel, divorced them. There is no land promises no more to a nation. It was the barbarians and the Greeks and the Gentiles who were then grafted into the original Jewish church. Those few people who recognized the Messiah had come in Jesus Christ, in which Paul the Apostle was one. But it's not like that today. And if they weren't so ignorant, they'd realize it's impossible to build a third temple on that ground because it's defiled with blood. Not only defiled with blood and death, there is no pre-system. It's impossible to replicate the pre-system. Those, they're gone. Who the heck is a Levite anymore? They could not. It's impossible to do the Mosaic law anymore. That's why God destroyed it, because he brought in a better way, grace through Jesus Christ. But let's reject that, okay? Let's be ignorant and just reject God's free gift. Let's be a bunch of idiots here in America, a bunch of stupid idiots falling for Kabbalism, for Jewish nonsense and being manipulated so they could just take your money and but worst of all you're gonna die and go to hell you get you you lose eternal you're not even saved anymore mm-hmm. 
because you're going with people who've rejected God. These people reject God. They're not your friends. No. And so Darby says, Israel has to have control of Jerusalem. They have to build a third Jewish temple on the site where the first and second temples were. And then in Darby's view, this was necessary. It had to happen. It was a precursor to the rapture when believers would be taken up by this fictional Jesus that he didn't even know to escape the worst of the seven-year tribulation and suffering and turmoil on earth, the great tribulation. And guess who's going to get Israel? So why in the world would a Kabbalist Jew then go, oh, this is a good idea? Why would they embrace Zionism? Because it's, they're just using stupid, rich Americans and their money for their own agenda. They don't believe in Jesus. They rejected God and embraced Satan centuries ago. And then after this great tribulation, there's going to be followed by this cosmic battle between good and evil called Armageddon. And then Satan will be defeated. And guess what? Their phony Christ, their Jesus, will establish his earthly kingdom. And all this became imminently more possible when this modern state that they call Israel over there was established in 1940s. That's not even prophesied. It's not even, if that was so important, don't you think it would be prophesied? Mm -hmm. It's not even prophesied. They just, because they call it Israel, people think it's Israel. But to understand this power of the way of looking at the world, you have to, you have to go deeper into the history. So it starts with, with Darby and it disseminates in this American culture, the Western culture. And the thought systems take hold. And, and so the truth of, of biblical scripture is lost in the history. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so here's what happens. So Darby comes and he, he does this. And then the Schofield Bible was, you know, um, promoted it. And it goes on and on. But in the 1970s, An inexpensive and widely available paperback by some evangelist and Christian writer that we know as Hal Lindsey, Mm -hmm. who's been married and divorced four times. He's a multimillionaire because of this one book, and he's a liar and a false prophet. He writes a book called The Late Great Planet Earth, and he argues the establishment of the state of Israel in 1940s set up a chain of events that would lead to Jesus's return. By 1980. Oops. That's what he wrote. He's a false prophet, but he's still around. He's still on TV. He still has a quote unquote ministry. People still follow this clown. Mm -hmm. They still follow and listen to this guy. 1980. And so Lindsay, he made many end time um, predictions. Many of them. And he argued that for the first time in history, the biblical prophecies would possibly be fulfilled. This, he thought, was due in large part of the reestablishment of that nation-state called Israel. And despite his claim to be reading the Bible literally, his interpretation was far from literal. He said, for example, that the locusts predicted in the one of the plagues of the, of the book of Revelation were really helicopters. <laughs> it's in his book. I, I remember all this stuff. I grew up with all of this stuff in church. Mm 
It was one of the reasons why I left Christian religion. Because it was nonsense. Because see, th- th- this doesn't feed your soul. This is These are doctrines of demons. You can't get fed from this. These are just sexy lies to deceive people from the truth. Yeah. And that's what's causing a spiritual fa- um, famine. Yeah. There's death. It's spiritual death. And, and all these people read Lindsay's book. A generation of young people, including me and Ms. Kapow, watched the film A Thief in the Night. Yep. Oh, my God. And that scared the bejesus out of you, didn't it? Yep. I remember when I was a kid, man, a little kid, you know, my, I couldn't find my mother in the house. You know, I didn't know where my mom was at. And I would think, oh, the rapture took place. and I got left behind. I was a little kid thinking that way mm. because they preached that nonsense since you were little and you were afraid you were going to miss it. You weren't saved. And, uh, you know, you take a wheelbarrow of gold to buy a loaf of bread. The Antichrist beginning with his ticking clock, the film begins at the rapture and it shows Christians suddenly disappearing, you know, with the cars crashing into things and stuff. But those who remained, there was no more chance to accept the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, you had to go through that extreme persecution. And it really, it scared the heck out of a lot of people. And people came and, and, and repented and came to Jesus because they were so scared. Yep. But did it last? Did they really meet Jesus or did they meet a Cheez-Its? And then after the 70s, here comes the 80s. And then you have Frank Peretti in his novels, even though he said they're fiction, but people took them as real. The cosmic forces between good and evil all around us, all around us. And I grew up going to Calvary chapels. And I'm telling you, you look back at at a lot of the songs and the preaching that was done, you got your prophetic theology from the music. You know, I didn't even realize this back in the 80s. I I traveled all around the, the country with the Latinos playing music. And I didn't realize this till years later when I listened back to the music that we played and some of the guys wrote, they were, they were all about this. It was all about Christ returning like rapture. And soon it was all, it was all this theology. That's how much it was ingrained in all of us. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you have Frank Peretti, you know, doing all this stuff in the present darkness and, you know, people love that stuff, but it was fiction. It was fiction. And then, oh, here's the big one. Here's the big one. Tim LaHaye comes and he changes everything with his Left Behind series. Books, 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 DVDs, movies. Left Behind. That's when people are driving their cars and they're raptured and they crash into the poles and, you know. Mm -hmm. He did 16 books, four films in in a course of a decade. And they, they all trace the lives of the late coming believers who had missed the rapture, were now part of the tribulation force, and they endured the post-rapture world, sought to remain faithful despite persecution. And he got, some of these books included a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. The entire series, Tim LaHaye is now dead, and he has got to face the judgment now for this doctrine of demons he promoted. 
But the entire series sold more than 65 million copies. Mm. Do you think the Holy Spirit guided that? Mm -mm. And that's where America, that's where Western thought, and we went all over the world and evangelized this doctrine of demons to other countries. And that's where it comes from. So when Trump does this and declares Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel, it plays right into all of this Zionistic nonsense and doctrine of demons, seducing lies. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ of the Bible and his true return. And there's a growing number of young people who have left the evangelical church that point to this very end times theology as the key component of the subculture they left. And they call themselves ex-evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, because they label these teachings as abusive. Because it's not truth. If you really look at what these teachings are saying, they're going to build a third temple and then the Antichrist is going to sit in there and then there's going to be, uh, he's going to have a covenant with Israel for three years. And then he's going to, all hell's going to break loose. He's going to kill everybody in Israel. All Jews are going to die. And then Christ's going to come in a big army, blah, blah, blah. Do you think the people in, in Israel, the, the, the leaders, I'm not talking the you know, individuals or, I mean, you know, the, the, the government. Do you think they really believe this and this is what they're going to bring on? Of course not. Of course not. So when Trump does this, Trump's announcement, the supporters agree that the results might be cataclysmic. Even the opponents believe it's going to be cataclysmic because it's already starting. When he announced this, I said, what, what is he trying to do? Bring in World War Three? Really? Really? This is this is this is a good idea. Yeah. And so many of these people that support this, these evangelicals are reading it through a lens of a doctrine of demons. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to get into scripture here, but I just want I want to bring this home and I want you to know who these donors are. These pro-Israel organizations and evangelical voters who are just thrilled about this announcement that the U.S. embassy is going to be moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in four or five years. (laughs) Right? I mean, never mind the politics of just totally destroying any kind of peace talks or getting, I mean, never mind any of that. Hey, I'm not a Muslim supporter. You know that. I don't support terrorism or all that stuff. But come on. This is is not beneficial to anybody except for a select. And I'm going to tell you who that select is. And then we're going to to look at the stupid evangelicals who who are just so biblically ignorant and ignorant of what this is to support this. That many experts, Middle, Middle East experts, they've warned that this decision would inflame tensions in the area. Of course. 
But you know what? Trump had to follow through on his campaign pledges, right? Mm-hmm. He This was part of his campaign pledge. So was uh, eliminating Obamacare. And I can't say he didn't try. It looks like, uh, you know, the Republicans and Democrats uh, won't let it go away. But he said he, he, that was the first thing he was going to do on day one was get rid of Obamacare. He was also going to build a wall. And I guess uh, they're... I don't know, doing something there. Whatever. But this is a pledge that uh, he decided he needed to do before his first year was out for some reason. Now, listen to this. The Zionist Organization of America. I'm going to read that again. The Zionist Organization of America. They released a statement. And they love the move as historic, moral, and just. Of course. The Republican Jewish Coalition, I'm going to read that again. The Republican Jewish Coalition took out a full page ad in New York Times, expressed how beautiful this was, and this was the best presidency ever. They said, President Trump has acted with moral clarity. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that the Palestinians or the Arabs see it that way, do they? Mm-mm. And probably a lot of people in Israel don't see that anyway, because you know what? You know that poor <laughs> that's got to put on a rifle and defend a country? I don't think he's real happy about it. And the bond between the U.S. and Israel is strong. After eight years of Obama, the days of daylight between our nations are over. And now polls, you know, this is from Time Magazine, which is liberal. But they say polls show most Americans oppose this. I mean, anybody with half a brain would say, how is this good? Mm -hmm. 63% oppose it. But evangelical Christians who overwhelmingly supported Trump in the election backed the move. Although more narrowly, with 53% supporting it in the same poll. So not all evangelicals are happy about this. But you, you see what it's doing to the name of Christianity? Yeah. You see this also? Because you're being lumped up with all these people. And that's why they hate you. They don't hate you because you're a Bible-believing Christian. They hate you because you're being lumped up with these killers. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy uh, who, who, who did a poll. He said it's not clear that Trump would have been hurt among evangelicals if he hadn't gone ahead with this priority for them. He says none of them would have abandoned him if he hadn't taken the stance because he's given him a lot of other perks. And I agree with that. I don't think he would have lost a, another election because he didn't do this. So why was this so important? Well, let me tell you who's backing him up on this. We live uh, near Las Vegas, Nevada, and there's a casino billionaire named Sheldon Adelson. Mm-hmm. He looks like death warmed over. He looks like one of the Rockefellers. And he also owns the, uh, I want to say the Las Vegas review or journal he owns the media there (laughs) so he controls everything that comes in and out Mm -hmm. he's a he's a kabbalist jewish banker billionaire satanist he's a casino billionaire and he's buddies with trump trump and he's a supporter of the embassy move he backs both the zionist organization and the republican jewish coalition duh along with his wife, Miriam. <laughs> She's also a major donor. He donated at least $20 million to a super PAC. $20 million. 
to a super PAC designed to defeat Hillary and $5 million to Trump's inauguration committee. Mm-hmm. So, um, you getting a picture? Mm-hmm. Bernard Marcus, he's also a Kabbalist Jew. He's a co-founder of Home Depot. He donated $5 million to a super PAC that backed up Trump. And like Adelson, he sits on the Republican Jewish Coalition Board of Directors. Hmm. Oh, you didn't know that. No, no, no. Because we're just we're evangelicals because Jesus is going to come back and kill everybody. <laughs> Those Palestinians. Hey, no, I, I guess Jesus didn't die for Arabs or terrorists or Palestinians either. I guess. I mean, they're all Jewish. The, the belief says the Jews are going to die. And the, that's what I'm saying. You'd be duped, man, mm-hmm. if you believe this. Okay, Elliot Broidy, he's a venture capitalist. He was also the national vice chairman of the Trump victory campaign. Mm-hmm. And during the campaign, uh, he was vice chairman of the presidential inauguration committee. Wow. And he, he, a representative for Adelson did not respond uh, for comment, and neither did uh, Marcus. He declined to comment. Uh, but the sentient, the sentiment is that, according to a Republican operative with close ties to the Jewish community, is that any pressure to put on Trump is nowhere near comparable to what congressional Republicans were facing on tax reform, whatever that means. But he says, I think everyone was confident that Trump one day would do it, and we're very happy and impressed that it happened now. Broidy told Time on Wednesday, he said that he had been in touch with Trump, but not on this specific issue but that he had spoken with people who were unhappy about it, um, that the president didn't make the announcement six months ago. So it couldn't happen soon enough for him. Mm. It's one issue of the of many that matters to me. And I am happy he followed through on his campaign pledge. Now, here's a guy, Matt Brooks. He's the executive director of the Republican Jewish Coalition. Right there should make your skin crawl. Republican Jewish Coalition. Really? <laughs> He said his entire organization, including members of his board of directors, have frequently been in touch with Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. Because Mike Pence is an evangelical too, you know. Mm -hmm. He follows Jesus. I follow Jesus. As well as key members of the Middle East policy team, including senior advisor Jared Kushner. That chick that dresses like a guy married to Trump's daughter, he's a Kabbalist Jew. Yeah. He's also a billionaire real estate investor. Yeah. Jason Greenblatt, the representative for international negotiations and U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman. These are the people behind it. And they say, we never miss a chance in talking to administration folks, also the Republican friends in the House and the Senate and the governors about how important a recognition of Jerusalem is in moving our embassy. It comes up in many of the conversations we have. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. So I... (sighs) The timing of Trump's announcement was... Uh, fortuitous because it comes on the eve of Thursday's White House Hanukkah party. 
Wow, what timing, huh? Yeah. Hundreds of Jewish leaders are expected to be in attendance and will likely praise Trump for his decision. Um, here's what Brooks says. It's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be appropriate, appropriately so. The speech today by the president was probably one of the most historic and consequential speeches on Israel by any U.S. president ever. I, I, I quote that. I don't know how old this kid is. Anything they felt frustrated about, it will be instantly forgotten, said the Republican operative with close ties to the Jewish community. He will be genuinely loved in that room for doing this. Christ or Antichrist? Huh? We have to pick sides. Yep. I pick the sides of Yahweh. Amen. The, the, yep. the, the creator God and his son, God made flesh, appropriating my sins through the cross and his own blood. So I don't have to do law. It didn't work. That's what I choose. I don't choose evangelical political nonsense. And I know I've talked a long time. Just can I keep going a little bit, Ms. Capel? Sure. Armageddon, bring it on. The evangelical force behind Trump's Jerusalem speech. This is from Haritz Israel News. Mm. The U.S. evangelical community is in raptures. See the play on words? over Trump's decision to declare Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, believing it moves the world closer to Armageddon. (laughs) It goes against the very state of Israel. Hey, we're doing something because we believe in your destruction. (laughs) You see how, how stupid this is? So, of course, they don't allow this because they actually believe it. They know it's a lie because it's part of the doctrine of demons. Okay. So anyone wondering what the true impetus was behind Donald's decision on Wednesday to unilaterally, by the way, recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital, needed only to view the image of the president when he made the formal announcement. Check this out. There was glittering Christmas decorations festooned across the White House. Um, and they just kind of like surrounded Trump. Vice President Pence was also uh, placed directly behind Trump's shoulder, so, you know, so he wouldn't block him at all. And then it, 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 they say it felt all very carefully staged, and it sent a strong message to, to Christian evangelical voters and their leaders that this is their victory and Trump is their man. Mm. So, oh, yeah, they're all happy. This Brody guy, David Brody, he says, in evangelical world, President Trump has delivered time and time again, now with the moves regardless Regarding the embassy of Jerusalem, he further cements himself as one who is on his way to going down as the most evangelical, friendly president ever. Mm. Evangelism used to mean preaching the gospel of Christ. That's what it used to mean. Yeah. (sighs) And he does things like he opposes abortion and... He says Merry Christmas and blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. But he's also going to support Republican Roy Moore, who's fighting, mm, you know, yeah. the sexual, you know, uh, come on. It is what it is, right? And then Pence, December 17th and 19th, is going, oh, shock, shock, where? 
Israel for three days. And so it guarantees media coverage for his trip. And he's going to be greeted as a conquering hero. And that's going to please evangelicals even more. Right? Mm-hmm. And much has been made of the influence of Jewish mega donor Sheldon Adelson, the, the big casino owner here. Trump owns casinos too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would want evangelicals to be involved in. And Trump's Jewish son-in-law, Jared Kushner's, yeah, you know, they support it. And it flouts conventional wisdom that he would, that he would be dismayed that it would derail his 11th month attempt to restart Israel-Palestinian peace talks. <laughs> um, so a lot of people think that he's doing this for his evangelical supporters. I don't think so. I think he's doing it for, for those donors. It was, it was for these donors, these, this big money. So anyway, um, that's how they're looking at. Okay. Okay. Here's some evangelicals you're going to love. Uh, here's some ecstatic American evangelical Christian leaders. They love Trump for recognizing Jerusalem. And they claim with apparent justification considerably credit for the for the move. Pastor John Hagee. Pastor John Hagee. Yep. Everybody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Big prophecy guy. Big Darby guy. Big Doctor to Demons. Big Israel guy. I think he even preaches with the flag of Israel behind him. <laughs> he does. John Hagee. Um, and he said. He told Fox News, Trump will be remembered for thousands of years for his act of courage to treat Israel like we already treat other nations. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Hagee revealed to the Christian Broadcasting Network, right there should make you just poop your pants. Really? Mm -hmm. Christian Broadcasting Network? That's a thing? He said, in a sign that was more about pleasing Christian evangelicals than Israelis or Jews, really, Trump, when I spoke to him in the White House, (laughs) so Hagee spoke to Trump in the White House (laughs) about this just several weeks ago. He said this very emphatically. He said, quote, other presidents have failed you, but I will not disappoint the Christian community in this issue. I will stand with Israel and we will at some point in time move the embassy. There's another guy named Johnny Moore, M-O-O-R-E, and he coordinates evangelicals and their contacts with the White House. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's, the, he's the evangelical coordinator because Jesus had one of those uh, among his disciples when he roamed the earth there. <laughs> he had one of those. And so Johnny says, I have no doubt that evangelicals played a meaningful role in this decision. I don't believe it would have happened without them. Mm. And here's your buddy right here, Jerry Falwell Jr. Mm, of course. Jerry Falwell Jr. He's the president of Liberty University and a close Trump ally. He explained he had not talked to the president about the issue, but had received emails from other leading evangelicals in the past several days asking for support or tweet mm. uh, to get the word out. Just, yeah, okay. 
Here's another guy. Uh, I don't like this guy at all. Robert Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Robert Jeffries is the pastor at First Baptist Church in Dallas, and he is an advisor to the Donald. Mm-hmm. I read one of, uh, well, we both read, Ms. Capone and I wrote, uh, read one of Robert Jeffries' books on mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. That's when we were going through hell, literally mm-hmm. hell, and trying to learn everything we can about demons and fighting demons and stuff like that. And this mm-hmm. clown wrote an clown book about spiritual warfare and basically wouldn't know a demon if it came and you know went up his <laughs> he's an idiot and i hated the guy ever since because he called himself a christian leader and a pastor and he had no idea no. about the realities of demonic takeover it just an idiot but he says, uh, and, it, and it approves it because now he's, he's advisor of the president of the United States, mm. just like Jesus would be. Mm. But the fact is, we didn't have to do any convincing of this administration, he says. This was a campaign promise that Trump has was happy to keep because he feels that way. Mm. And they were joined by other kind of people. How about James Dobson? Everybody love James Dobson? Mm-hmm. Focus on the family, mm-hmm. family talk. Mm-hmm. James Dobson says throughout the years, oh, he's a psychologist too, by the way, because that's, that's biblical philosophy. <laughs> you find that in the Bible psychology. Uh, he says throughout the years, I have had a great privilege of serving and advising political leaders at all levels of government. And yet I have witnessed many promises made concerning Israel that were never fulfilled. The decision to formally recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. President Trump stands apart, blah, 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 blah. Kissy, kissy, kissy on the lippies. Okay. <laughs> I think he sexually harassed himself. How about Governor Mike Huckabee? He's a Christian. I'm a Christian. Mike Huckabee. He's the honorary national chairman of My Faith Votes. Mm -mm. He did the same. He said, for over two decades, American presidents have talked a good talk on Israel. But when it came to taking action, they've hesitated and kicked a can down the road instead of standing with our ally Mm -mm. and recognizing its right to call Jerusalem its capital. But Donald Trump did what everybody wouldn't do, and he did it. So they're happy. Uh, Oh, there is no brighter beacon of democracy in the Middle East than Israel. And Trump's announcement um, as the capital reinforces for the whole world to see. You you just watch when we start, (laughs) because it's it's just going to blow up. It's World War III. This is, it's amazing. Uh, Christians in America would be proud that one of our closest allies, also the ancient homeland of our Judeo-Christian faith, who cares? <laughs> I've never been to Israel. I've never been to the ooh, the tomb of Jesus, they say, still exists after 2,000 years. Even though I know in AD 70, the Romans obliterated Judea. Yep. There was no stone standing. Well, that's what Christ said, but who's going to believe him? Oh, but we got the tomb of Jesus, and then we built a church on it, and the Holy Mother of Mary, Christian, you know, come on, people. Let's go get baptized in the Jordan. <laughs> oh, I, you know, my goodness. <sighs> anyway, so this idiot, Huckabee, uh, it's also the ancient homeland of our Judeo-Christian faith. It exudes tolerance. Really? <laughs> Have you asked a Palestinian? Have you asked an Arab? But they don't care. Or a Muslim? <laughs> Or me? It, it exudes tolerance, steadiness, and strength in a region too often marked by all the re- reliability of deserts full of shifting sand. Oh, man, this guy's intelligent. Okay, and my favorite and Miss Kapow's favorite. 
Miss Capel loves this woman, Paula White. Paula White. Uh, Paula White has taught Miss Capel so much about the Bible. (laughs) Oh, and she's married to Jonathan Cain or Con Cain. The uh, one of the founding members of the rock band Journey. Mm. Yeah. That uses an Egyptian scarab on every freaking album they ever recorded. <laughs> Let's marry a rock star, Paula. Well, and they use some Journey songs in worship. Oh, they do. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Jesus is on the boulevard. <laughs> what the? <laughs> going on in this world? I'm angry. Paula White, the senior pastor. There's that word again, pastor. She's a senior pastor at the New Destiny Christian Center. Yeah, you got a new destiny, all right. She said, promise made, promise kept. Once again, President Trump has shown the world what I have always known. He is a leader who is willing to do what is right. However loud the voices are of the skeptics and the critics, evangelicals are aesthetic. For Israel is to us a sacred place, and the Jewish people are our dearest friends. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this is all about a sacred place and friends. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Paula, but there's a big mosque of Omar (laughs) uh, where the temple used to sit. (laughs) A big mosque of Omar. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Not easily. (sighs) Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. Now, this is my favorite guy because he's the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. That makes my... (laughs) It does. I... When I hear a National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, really? Really? I've 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 got to be a Christian leader based on my race? So Samuel Rodriguez... Who at times has criticized Trump over policies, including what? Mexicans and the wall and immigration, right? Oh, now I got a conflict because well, he's mean to my people, right? <laughs> However, <laughs> However, the historical record, empirical fact, empirical fact, and our faith all confirm that Jerusalem is in fact the capital of Jewish people. Really, Rodriguez? Really? What historical record? What empirical fact? The historical record says it was destroyed in AD 70. In fact, the Romans wouldn't even let him in there because God decreed it. God said, I'm going to scatter you. You can't undo what God said. Mm -mm. Oh, but Rodriguez, now he knows. He says, I therefore enthusiastically applaud Trump's decision to formally recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital as promised every president has made since Clinton and which none has fulfilled until today. But the wall, that's different. Now, Tony Perkins, he's the president of Family Research Council, and he says a major milestone in America's historic relationship with Israel under the bold and courageous leadership of Trump. America is finally putting American interest and the interest of our key allies first. America's foreign policy as it pertains to Israel is coming into alignment with the biblical truth. Jerusalem is the eternal and indivisible capital of the Jewish state. Where does it say that? Where is that 
in the evangelical mandate of Jesus Christ to his disciples. What did he get? 70 of them out? And he sent them out and goes, listen, tell people, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out demons. You know, I want you to do that. And I did. I want you to declare that Jerusalem is the eternal capital. Dang it. Because when I come back, I need some place to stay. <laughs> and another, my favorite guy, Pat Robertson, senile Pat Robertson, also celebrated the announcement. He claimed it was God's will. He says, in the six days war, Jews finally took sovereignty over Jerusalem. And that's a lie. They didn't. They got what? West Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They got a portion. Mm-hmm. They didn't get all Jerusalem. That's why you have a mosque of Omar there. Yeah. I hate liars. I really do. You know, God hates them too. Yeah. Isn't that funny how we share the same stuff? (laughs) So he says, Jews finally took over sovereignty of Jerusalem. Lie, they did not. And it's absolutely crucial in terms of biblical prophecy. Lie, it is not. That they maintain control over that. Lie, it is not. He said, remember, you go in favor of breaking up Jerusalem. You're gouging against the direct word of Jesus. What an clown. If you go against our Zionist BS, you're gouging against the direct word of Jesus. You're a liar because do you know what the direct word of Jesus was on that? When the disciples said, Lord, Lord, tell us about the end days and what's going to happen before you're coming and all this stuff. And that was right before they said, see the temple, how it is and all the stones and it's all glittery. And he says, let me tell you something, clowns. Now one stone will be left upon another. Mm. You hypocrites, you whitewashed tombs filled with dead man's bones. Believe it. That's what Jesus said. But Pat Robertson has another Jesus. He serves a satanic Jesus. He says, God is not going to let anyone break that. It's going to be a major battle. It'll be over Jerusalem. Oh, he wants it so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a little annoying, okay? I could go on and on. What I would suggest, um, if you're hearing what I'm saying, <sighs> Google it. Just Google Trump, go evangelicals happy with Trump Jerusalem and look at hundreds and hundreds of things. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com 
for further information. This is Professor Lamsrap, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Um, but Ms. Kapow, what does the scripture say? Well, we're gonna, we were going to do a study on uh, 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. And I'll just read it. It says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And that's what we were just talking about. Yes. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, and forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now the first um, verse in this, which says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving ye to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And then just basically what you had just so eloquently um, said I, I found uh, two scriptures in the Old Testament that talks of this. And one is in Isaiah 1, 4, and it says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backward. And in Deuteronomy eight nineteen gives the outcome of such behavior and it says and it shall be if thou do at all forget the lord thy god and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them i testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish wow wow and zionism zionism is another god yeah the third temple nonsense doctrine of demons is another god yeah, they're preaching another Jesus. They're preaching another gospel. You have to know that. So these um, scriptures right here um, address addresses that. And that's wonderful because we didn't we didn't plan that. Miss Kapow and I didn't talk about this. It, you go and you find that Old Testament scripture that says that. Mm-hmm. What God is saying. Yeah. And so this is written by the Apostle Paul, who was a real Jew, mm-hmm. okay? And he's not talking about race, a Jewish race. And he's not talking about a Israelic nation. He's, his whole purpose now, since his conversion, was the gospel of Christ. Yep. So I'm going to believe Paul, because he was part of the original Jewish church in which all biblical Christianity should have come out of. Mm-hmm. And he says, now the spirit speaks expressly. Pay attention that in the latter times, that's from his day on, some shall depart from the faith. All those names I just read you, Hagee, Jeffries, Paula White, the Hispanic whatever he is, you know, all these people have departed from the faith. What's the faith? The gospel of Christ. And what have they done? They've given heed 
not to the gospel, not to truth, mm-hmm. but to seducing spirits. And what's that seducing spirit say? We need a third temple so that the Antichrist could come and then did 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 and then seven years of Jim did did and the rapture and then everybody's gonna did right? Mm-hmm. It's it's seducing spirits. No none of the things I just read you have anything to do with promoting Jesus Christ and the salvation of men, women, Palestinians, Arabs, Jews, barbarians, Greeks, Americans, Japanese, nothing. Mm-mm. And by giving heed to these false spirits and doctrines, they have forsaken the Lord and turned their backs on him. Absolutely. They become apostate. Mm -hmm. That's what we talked about last week. Seducing spirits. You know what? That Greek word is planos. And it means roving like a tramp. Mm-hmm. An imposter, a misleader, a deceiver, a seducer, a corrupter. They give heed to seducing spirits. All of those evangelicals supporting that nonsense because they think that's the Bible have been seduced. And they give heed to doctrines of devils. That's what Paul, the apostle, the real Jew, said. That's what he wrote. Mm-hmm. That's what you're seeing today. That's why it's important. That's why I get angry. Yep. Because too many people have their eyes closed. It's annoying. It's like, really? Really? How could you not know that? How could you not see that? And they speak lies and hypocrisy. Yep. Just like uh, Pat Robertson. Mm-hmm. No, no, for a fact that the Bible says, Jesus said, anybody who opposes this thing is going against Jesus. Really? You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You senile, crazy old coot. Yep. And you've been nuts for years. And their conscience is seared with a hot iron? Yep. Basically, they lie without a conscience because it is in their nature, like their father, the devil, just as Jesus addressed the Pharisees and the scribes, as read in John 8, 42, where it says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Amen. And in Second Thessalonians, they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And in Romans one twenty nine it says, They did not like to retain God in their knowledge, so God gave them over to a reprobate or rejected mind. In Jeremiah 6.28-30 it says, They are all grievous revolters, walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. The bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire, and the founder melts in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. 
reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord has rejected them. And in Titus one sixteen it says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Wow. Wow. And these scriptures aren't talking about unbelievers or people who don't have faith. No. Okay. You know, Sheldon Adelson, billionaire casino owner and owner of the media and all this stuff, evil Kabbalist Jewish guy, he's, he has no faith in Jesus Christ. He's faithless. So he can't lose that. What's he apostate from? I mean, he's apostate from God, but I mean, he didn't leave the Christian faith. These scriptures you're reading are about former Christians who've left. They have the spirit of error now. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. They've got apostate and reprobate. Mm-hmm. You know, Second Thessalonians 2, 3, Paul had written to the church of Thessalonica. Apparently it was written earlier than this portion we're reading now in Timothy. But he wrote to them, he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a fallen away first, an apostasy. Mm-hmm. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's where a lot of people get their whole antichrist ghost thing. Yeah. But the apostasy of the Jews from God, that's what Paul was writing about in this portion. They were joining the heathen against Christianity. You understand that? The Jews were going apostate. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the groundwork on which this, that prophecy rises. But here in Timothy, the pastoral epistles, the prophecy is, is connected with Gnostic errors. That's right. Gnostic errors, which already the seeds were already being sown in that day. And today they're here. You think Zionism is Gnostic. It's it's that every that's what Pat Robertson says. If you go against this, you go against Jesus and the teach. That's he has a hidden knowledge, see, mm-hmm. that's not in the Bible. Yeah. He has a hidden gnosis. That's Gnostic. You you go on, Ms. Balfour. Oh. Uh, verse three it says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. In um, <clears throat> Colossians 2.8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and feign deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Verses 16 through 18 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. And let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puff up in his fleshly mind. Verses 20-23 says, Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ, and from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject in ordinances to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and worship and humility and neglecting of the body, 
not in the honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Then Romans 14, 6 through 8 says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He hath eaten, he that eateth eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eats not, and gives God thanks. For none of us live to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And this is marriage. In Hebrews 13, it says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. In verse 9, it says, And be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace and not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. And then for First uh, Corinthians 10.31, it says, Whether therefore we ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do to the glory of God. Mm. You know, it's that, um, that sensuality that leads to false spiritualism. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're so into your senses. That's why oh, forbidding to marry or abstain from me. You know, this is all third temple stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You want to build a third temple? I mean, it's more than that, but I mean, you can apply it to that. Mm-hmm. You build a third temple, you can't marry, you need a priesthood, which is impossible, by the way. Um, abstain from, you know, don't eat these certain things. And we'll go back to the law. We'll go, because that's what God wants. He wants to go back to the law, mm-hmm. right? So many, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's just that, it's just that sensual thinking, mm-hmm. you know, it's their own inward impurity. And so they, they, they try to be, um, aesthetic, you mm-hmm. know, they try to rise and, oh, let's do this, do that. All right, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, um, many of them and a lot of these religions and these false doctrines, you know, they take away the sacrifice of Christ because now yes. they feel that in order to become holy, you know, they have to abstain for certain foods or in order to be holy, they have to, um, you know, abstain from these fleshly lusts, but it's all their own works. They don't rely on the work of Christ that he did on the cross because we're all sinners and we all fall short of the, um, the, um, the righteousness of God. And there is nothing that we can do to make up for that. We can't be, uh, we can't become holy within ourselves. It is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin. It, it's, it's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, his holiness, his righteousness. Even the Bible says that it's the righteousness of God that he gives us through Christ, through his blood, that we are able to become holy, that we are able to uh, become righteous. And it's only through Jesus Christ and not of our own works. Our our good works comes because of the work of Christ Jesus. And remember, God said that um, it's what comes out of man that defiles man. So from within the heart, the heart of men, that's where evil thoughts and adulteries and fornications and murders and thefts and covetous and all those things, these evil things are what come from within and defile the man. Mm, and not amen. so much food or the stuff that we do or don't do. Amen. It's 
it's all part of that Judaizing, Gnostic, anti-Christian attack and lies of the beast system. And so they have a form of godness, godliness, but de- deny the power thereof. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Okay, and so we are at... Go ahead, you have a next... Oh, and the next, the next um, f- uh, two verses, four and five, mm-hmm. they're just basically supports verse three, which says, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. This is a great mm-hmm. prayer to say before meals, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a blessing of the food. But what God is basically saying that, you, you know, you can eat or not eat whatever you want because that's really not what's making you pure or, or impure. Yeah. So this is really, um, if you want to eat pork, you can, <laughs> mm-hmm. as long as you give God thanks and receive it with thanksgiving because it's it's sanctified, set apart by the word of God in prayer. Because there was specific things, you know, in the, in the Levitical law, that were specific to ancient Israel, God's chosen people, those people that were chosen to represent him on earth back then, that do not apply to you since the, since the blood of Christ. And so to bring that back in and to think you're going to build a third temple and, and rein, reinstate Levitical law in any sense is totally anti-Christians, anti-Christ to support that. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. And so this whole thing about Jerusalem being the capital of Israel, it's not just because because they want to build that temple. They believe, they want to bring in the, the, the Mahdi, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't. I just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, do you have anything else to add? I mean, I can go on and on forever, no, that's that's uh, about what I have. Yeah, I can go on and on with all of this, but I think I've yelled enough. Right? Well, then good night. Ciao, babies. <laughs>